0: Hey everyone, this is Matt, and welcome to another Overflow Pod. We're going through Psalm 23, looking at the goodness of God, and we're now on verse 5, which says, You anoint my head with oil. Now, what in the world does that mean? That's not a phrase you hear every day. You anoint my head with oil. I mean, it was written 3,000 years ago. How in the world could it possibly have any relevance to my life today? And what does it have to do with the goodness of God? Well, you got to understand first what anointing is. Well, it, the meaning of anointed being anointed kind of depends on who is doing the anointing. If you had your next door neighbor come over to you tomorrow to your house and walk in, and they had some oil and they anointed you and said, "I now proclaim you king of the neighborhood," would that change your life? No. Why? Because they don't have any authority to do anything. They could say you're the king of rock or whatever, and it wouldn't make any difference because it depends on who is doing the anointing. Now, there is an anointed by God, which is internal. There is an anointed by people, which is external. Now, let me explain this so we can unwrap it and see all the benefits to your life. Being anointed by God is something that happens internally. When God's Holy Spirit gives you insight or ability this is supernatural insight, ability or stamina or authority or protection that you normally don't have in order to do a job that God has chosen you to do. That's anointing. When you're anointed by God, God gives you the ability that you don't have or insight or wisdom that you didn't have or stamina to hold up to something that you wouldn't have been able to or authority or even protection that you normally don't have in order to do a job that God has chosen you to do. That's called anointing in the bible now anointing by people is something different it's an outward symbol of the inward thing we just talked about so by people it's an external symbol it means when somebody prayerfully applies some oil to your skin as an outward sign of what god is doing inside of you now god often does this he gives us external symbols of an internal process we have that in churches. We have the Lord's Supper or Communion. It's an external symbol of the death and, rest and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. This is my body. This is my blood using bread and wine, crackers and juice, using symbols that say this is an outward sign of an inward spiritual truth. So when someone anoints you with oil, there's nothing mystical or magical properties about the oil. Like the water in the baptism, it's not a special water. It's just water. The wine or juice or crackers are nothing special. The oil and anointing is just olive oil, but it is a symbol of something far more significant and the faith and the faith, fact that God has anointed you on the inside. Now in the Bible, olive oil specifically is used as a symbol for a lot of things. It's a symbol of God's spirit, the Holy Spirit. It's a symbol of God's presence or it's a symbol of God's blessing on your life. And so when someone is anointed with oil, it is a symbol that God approves of you. It's a symbol of his presence, of his protection, of his promises. It's a symbol of prosperity. And there are a lot of different meanings to being anointed with oil. It can be used as comfort, healing, joy. The Bible talks about the oil of joy, the oil of gladness, the oil of salvation, the oil of deliverance. It's a symbol of many different things. Now, in the Old Testament, only three kinds of people get anointed with oil. You had to be a priest or a prophet or a king. Even today, kings are still anointed with oil, even thousands of years later, as a symbol of God's blessing, God's approval. God's giving them authority, things like that. The only people who could actually do it were the priest. Nobody else was allowed to anoint in the Old Testament. In fact... You weren't even allowed to have the anointing oil in your home. It was supposed to be that sacred. Now, when Jesus came and died on the cross, he broke up that old ceremonial system. The Bible says the veil in the temple was torn in half, which means you can directly go to God now. You don't need a priest because before the veil in the temple was there it was like a wall and only the priest could go through. Only the priest could go in there. So you had to pray to a priest. But now that veil is torn. You don't have to do that anymore. You had to have him for previously for the confession of sins and you confess to a priest. They confess it to God. Now you don't have to go to a priest anymore. You don't have to confess it to a priest. You can confess it directly to God. You don't have to pray through a priest anymore. That's a big deal. You pray directly to God. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He tore that veil down. In fact, the Bible says, now this may shock you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a priest. Yep, you're a priest. It says it over and over again. It's called the priesthood of the believer. So now, because of what Jesus did, we have direct access because you may have not ever thought about this. You're a priest, whether you're a man or a woman, old or young. Or if if you're simply a follower of Christ, if you've asked him to forgive you of your sins and... He gets rid of that and you trust in jesus to forgive you and what he did on the cross you're forgiven you're now a priest you're part of god's family you have the authority to anoint people with oil you have the authority to pray for people's healing you have the authority to do all the things that the priest used to do in the old testament now to understand what it means to live an anointed life that's what we're going to look at you anoint my head with oil Well, what's its meaning? What's the blessing of being anointed? We need to go back to the very basics. You're not an accident. You were made by God and for God. Until you understand that, life won't make any sense. Because God has a plan for your life, a purpose. The significance and meaning of your life comes from figuring out God's plan in your life. God has a purpose. And the Bible says before you were even born, God planned what he wanted to do with your life. It's called your calling. The word in Latin or Greek is kaleo, which means to call out, or vos, or in Latin, which is where we get the words vocal, vocalized voice. It's God calling you. And did you know that you're called by God to do something with your life? You may be called to be a biologist. It's a calling. You may be called to be an Uber driver, or a banker, or an investor, or an insurance salesman, or a saleswoman or a salesperson, I don't know what the right term is, a homemaker, a stay-at-home dad, whatever, a teacher, a nurse, an artist, a musician. Everyone who is alive has a calling by God on their life. Now many people miss out on that calling and they go off and do their own thing and that's why they're unhappy. That's why they're unsatisfied, they're unfulfilled because you will never be fulfilled doing your plan. You're only going to be fulfilled if you figure out, what is God calling me to do? Now, some people think that God only calls missionaries and priests, nuns and pastors. People do church work. No, 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 no. Everyone has a calling in life. You could be called to be a businessman. You could be called to be a politician. God help you. You could be called to be a salesperson. Whatever. Whatever God calls you to do, listen. He wants to anoint you to do it. Ephesians 2.10 God made us what we are. <laughs> he wired you. You like math, you like music, you like instrumentation, you like organizing, you like big picture, whatever. God made you what you are. And in Christ Jesus, God created us to do good works, which He planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. Do you realize that before you were even born, God planned the calling on your life? He planned the purpose of your life. Now, that's very important. This is where fulfillment and meaning and purpose comes from. Now, here's the catch. You can't fulfill your calling the way God wants you to on your own power. You need his anointing. And anointing is the power and the insight and the energy and all the things that I mentioned earlier that allow you to do what God wants you to do. If God has a job, he's going to give you the ability. And what I want to really do is quickly, well, probably not quickly. I never do anything quickly in podcasts. It's to summarize the entire Bible on what it says about anointing in six statements. And I'm sure I'm going to miss some things that the Bible says, but these are the big ones. This is the big six, if you will. So the first statement about anointing. So when God appoints me, he anoints me. That's the first statement. When God appoints me, he anoints me. God never asks you to do something without providing what you need to do it. When he gives you an assignment, he's going to give you the empowerment. When he gives you a plan, he's going to give you the power. When he gives you a strategy, he's going to give you a spirit. God's anointing comes with God's appointing. The anointing that God wants to give you in your life, new power, new energy, new insight, only happens when you start using it for what he wants to give it to you for. And God's promised to help you out. If God calls you to do something and you're scared to death, you feel incompetent or incapable or inadequate, God says, hey, it's okay. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says the one who calls you, that's God, is faithful and he will do it. Well, what does that mean? Well, whatever God calls you to do, he's going to give you the ability to do. He's going to help you to do it. He's going to put a spirit in you. And if God says to do it, you can count on his anointing. The one who calls you is faithful. He's going to do it. A good example of this would be when God gave the first assignment to His first followers, the first twelve disciples in Acts one eighty says, "You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's anointing. You will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth." Now that, when Jesus gave that assignment to the disciples, was an impossible assignment. There was no way they could possibly go to the ends of the earth. There were no planes, automobiles, trains, boats. Well, let's say ocean-bearing vessels. There was boats, but not like, you know, ships to sail across the world. How in the world are they going to get to Australia from the Middle East? How are they going to get to South America or North America? It was physically impossible. But God will often give you an assignment that physically looks impossible, but he says, I'm going to make it possible. We're going to figure out a way to do this, and I'm going to empower you. God says, my appointment comes, or my assignment comes with an anointing that goes right along with it. Second statement, God's anointing makes me a better person. Maybe you think, you're good now. But it's nothing compared to what you could be with God's anointing on your life. See, God's anointing transforms you. It changes you from the inside out. It gives you abilities you didn't have on your own. Again, there's many, many examples of this. And when somebody was anointed as a king or a prophet or whatever, all of a sudden they got new abilities. Their life was turned around and changed because of the anointing. Check this out in 1 Samuel chapter 10. Samuel's a prophet. First king of Israel is a guy named Saul. And Saul felt very inadequate. He thought, I could never be king. 1 Samuel 10.1 Then Samuel took oil and poured it on Saul's head, and he said, God has anointed you. You see, this is the outward symbol of an inward commitment. God has anointed you to be the leader of his people. Now, Saul is anointed, but he still doesn't believe it. He's still insecure. And Samuel goes, I'm going to give you several signs. Over the next several verses, he says, This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Then, down in verse 6, here's the thing that's going to confirm your calling. First samuel 10 6 god's spirit will come on you in power and you'll speak like a prophet think about that you're actually going to be walking with some prophets when this happens and some spiritual men the verse continues you will be changed into a different person and after this happens do whatever you think is best god will be with you Well, what's this verse teaching us that when god actually anoints your life when you receive god's anointing it changes you well how well you're going to be more competent You're gonna be more confident. You're gonna be more calm. You're gonna be more confident about what God has called you to do. You're gonna be more competent about what he's called you to do. And you're gonna be more calm. And when you're worried, when you're nervous about your job, about your calling, about your vocation, then guess what? You don't have the anointing of God on your life at that moment. You don't feel confident, you don't feel it. And when God comes into your life, it changes you. And all of a sudden, you've got a whole lot more confidence about you know you're supposed to do with your life third god's anointing makes difficult tasks easier it makes difficult tasks in your life easier because now you're not doing it in your own power you're doing it in god's power and the difference between serving god on your power versus serving god on his power is night and day Let me show you the difference between an anointed life and an unanointed life. Ephesians 3.16 says, From his unlimited resources, God will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Now, my resources are limited. My energy is limited. My knowledge is limited. My wisdom is limited. My talent is limited. And so is yours. God's is not. When you have God's anointing, he puts mighty strength in you that you didn't know you had. You can handle things better you can last longer you can go farther because you have god's anointing on your life so how do you know when you have when you don't have god's anointing in your life you're tired all the time why are you tired all the time because you're trying to solve the, your own problems in your own power You're trying to live your life you're trying to fulfill your purpose on your own power and he says god will give you mighty strength through his holy spirit One of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to anoint you. That's his job. To give you the power and energy and the wisdom and the resources and all the stuff you need to get things done. And to get it done, what God puts you on this planet to get done. Philippians 4.13, we all know this verse. I can do everything with the help of Christ who gives me the strength I need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, if you're not dependent on Christ and you're depending on yourself, then you're going to end up fatigued. So let me ask you personal question are you trying everything to do everything you need to do in life based on adrenaline or based on anointing because your adrenaline wa- rares out and you get tired you get fatigued you get worn out you want to give up when you're walking in God's anointing when God's power is flowing through you it's limitless it gives you supernatural energy I can do everything with the help of Christ I wonder what you're filling in the blank of your life. I can do everything with the help of blank. My medication, my team, the help of my bank account. (laughs) No, 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 no. There's only thing that doesn't run dry. The only well in our lives that doesn't run dry is God. If you ask or expect other people to meet the needs in your life, only god can meet you will be disappointed in them they will let you down you will be frustrated you're gonna have conflict because nobody can possibly meet all the needs in your life your wife can't your husband can't your best friend can't your boyfriend your girlfriend nobody can meet all your emotional physical and spiritual needs only god can and if you look to him he says then i will give you my anointing i can do everything with the help of christ who gives me the strength i need by the way we, we use the word Christ all the time. That word Christ, some people think it's just Jesus' last name. No, that's not true. It's actually a title. It's a word that means something in Greek. It's called anointed one. So Jesus, the anointed one, or Jesus Christ. That's what Christ means, anointed one. It is the anointed one who gives you your anointing. That gives you the power to do all the things that God wants you to do in your life. Christ means anointed one. By the way, you know the word anointed one is in Hebrew, the other language in the Bible, not just Greek in the New Testament. And it's more commonly said it's the word Messiah, but Messiah means anointed one. Christ and Messiah are the exact same words just in Hebrew or in Greek. He says it is the Messiah it is the anointed one who is going to give you the anointing to get done everything you need to get done in life that god wants you to do so now god doesn't give you his anointing to do things you want to do he gives you the things the ability to do what he wants you to do so let's review when those statements i've done so far when god appoints me he anoints me that's number one number two God's anointing makes me a better person. It makes tasks easier. We can do more than we can possibly imagine. So don't give up. There's no impossible with the power of God. Well, I think we're going to stop on those three facts. We're just going to stop here on this pod halfway through. And I hope this pod encouraged you. And we're going to pick it up with part two. Because if not, I think i go really, really long. So... We're just going to have to cut it there. We're going to continue with three more facts about being anointed with oil. So just to remind you again, when God appoints me, he anoints me. Number one, God's anointing makes me a better person. Number two, and number three, it makes difficult tasks easier. I hope that encourages you. God bless, and I'll see you in the next pod.